Verulam Sports. Hello and welcome again to Verulam Sports Podcasting. And I'm a very excited Tony Rice because it's happened. Wonders will never cease in this strange period of time we're living through. The playoffs have arrived upon us in the NFL season. If you're new to American football, literally what that means is we're out of a league format and into what you might as well consider cup or knockout football. 14 teams still dreaming of a place in the Super Bowl on February the 7th. Gotta love the wildcard weekend and the playoffs in general and to talk all about some exciting matchups and build up towards the Super Bowl throughout the playoffs. It's absolutely a pleasure to be joined by the chairman of the Hertfordshire Cheetahs American football team, Andy Dickens. Andy, good evening and a happy new year to you. <laughs> evening, Tony. Happy year to you as well. Um... <clears throat> Well, absolutely. Great stuff. I tell you, I'm so thrilled that we've arrived at the playoffs. As we spoke about last time, I do want to say kudos to everybody, players, staff, um, the logistics men and the men behind the scenes at the NFL for all that they've done to take into account this strange year, this strange period of time and make it such that we have been able to get to the playoffs. But they've done it. They've worked the oracle. And just uh, let me ask you to kick things off. How thrilled, how excited are you for playoff weekends, albeit both yourself and I, no vested interest in it as our sides <laughs> fell by the wayside? <laughs> Absolutely. I think in, in some ways, as much as I love the Vikings to have been there, you probably appreciate this as a 49ers fan, uh, it's a bit of an opportunity to watch some really top quality football um, without, um, without perhaps the, the possibility of your weekend being ruined by a result not going um going your way and and as I said there's some there's some absolutely fantastic matchups coming into this weekend there truly is and I'm looking forward to unpacking it all with you uh that being said I will add this much to the piece obviously the Niners lost in the bowl last year to Mahomes's tremendous Chiefs outfit and I oh, just a bit gutted we haven't got a chance for revenge but we've unpacked all that in the past it's all about the here and the now and moving forwards uh, but Andy before we do just that and delve into some thrilling fixtures in wildcard weekend uh, I want to ask you this question um, obviously it's a bit different this year round, and it's just the two top seeds the Green Bay Packers from the NFC and the uh, defending champs the Chiefs from the AFC who as top seeds in their respective conferences, and it's uh, a weekend off. Um, it's been a surreal year. Lots of action has been condensed in many ways. Would you say that that week off is even more advantageous to both of those fantastic outfits than in a typical NFL season? Um, I, I think I think it is. Uh, well, if you ever needed proof it's a quarterback-driven league, you've probably got the two consensus best quarterbacks in the league in Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes there. And unsurprisingly, they're the teams who've uh, with the top two seeds this year. Um, I, I think it is um, a, a huge benefit this year. As you said, you've got um, you've had teams with a much more condensed um, schedule on top of not really having a kind of pre-season. Yeah. And, and I think that at this at this point, that that week off is. Um, that week off is is huge. Um, they might not get the same kind of uh, home field advantage with with only limited fans in stadiums, but I think um, but I think uh, having that week and the week to plan and get a game plan together and stuff is is and just actually let um, 
people, uh, you know, players heal up and stuff, I think is a is is a huge advantage, particularly this but year. But of course, let's not forget they have earned that advantage, that right, by being the number one seed in their mutual conferences. And it's going to be fascinating over the next few weeks to see if those advantages come to play or will it be any given Sunday and all of that. But right now, Andy, let's get into it without any further ado. Wildcard weekend and let's kick things off with the Saturday fixtures. And uh, you mentioned uh, the two maybe top draws in the QB gunslinger arena are Messrs Mahomes and Rogers. Well, I'll tell you something, I'm inclined to agree with you, but a gentleman by the name of Josh Allen would maybe say, hey, don't forget about me. He leads his bills at home against the Indianapolis Colts in one of the first fixtures this very Saturday, and that's a compelling one. I'm making Josh Allen's team favourites in this. I think they're riding a strong wave of momentum but another old stager, uh, old stager in the QB gunslinging leave is Mr. Rivers, Philip Rivers. Could this be a last hurrah for another potential Hall of Famer? Yeah, well, what, what a difference 12 months make. Um, I think uh, this time last year, Josh Allen was, um, I think, uh, took a fair bit of criticism in the, in the media. And it was um, after a playoff defeat in the Texans where he looked um, sort of totally, totally lost, particularly in the second half. And, and there was a lot of people questioning whether he really was going to make that kind of leap into a franchise quarterback. Um, been a massive difference this year. And I, I don't think there's a team in the league, really, who's playing better than the Bills at the moment. They've got a, a pretty good um, defence that's ranked pretty close to the top 10. And uh, their offence, um, with the addition of Stefan Diggs, how Cole Beasley's played, John Brown, the receiving core, is absolutely fantastic. And as you said, um, Josh Allen's got a, an unrivaled arm and athleticism, really, in in many respects. And I think, um, you know, their ability to score points quickly is, is huge. Um, I think... I think for me, um, the Colts are perhaps, you know, definitely aren't going to start favourites here. And they're, while they're a well-rounded team, my, my feeling is that the Bills are just that, just that bit better. But um, there are there are ways. I think if um, they can get some disruption through uh, sort of DeForest Buckner um, yep. on the Colts D line is is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. Um, and they've got a you know quality linebacking core. So I think. It, and what the thing we call it's the second, they're the team that I think they're second in turnovers, in generating turnovers in the league. And I think that's that's the battle they'll have to win if they're if they're, if they're to, to win this game, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're dead right. And I think you're right to make the Bills favourites. I do too. And Stefan Diggs has also had a uh, real standout year, of course, an ex-Viking. Uh, I think he led the league in uh, reception yardage. And he's really formulated a wonderful relationship with Allen, hasn't he? And obviously with Allen's uh, howitzer of an arm and Diggs' breakaway speed, it's a frightening proposition for all teams, isn't it? It is. And uh, Diggs was a fantastic player at the Vikings and it was obviously something that um, gone on behind the scenes to, to sort of force the, the trade last year. But it's not just his speed, the uh, quality of his route running, the accuracy in that. It's, um, he's probably the best of that in the, in, in the league. And I think, um, and, I, and I said, I think um, Allen's sort of willingness, if you like, to throw, throw the ball deeper downfield has really, um, really benefited him. And, and I suppose the role of kind of John Brown as that over the top, off the top receiver and Cole Beasley um, in the slot, picking up short intermediate routes shouldn't, shouldn't be understated as well. It, it really is a, a well, well-rounded offence. I'll tell you what, we, there's no um, 
surprises, is there? That we, at the playoff level, we've got some quality outfits in action. It's going to be some awesome uh, NFL weekends over the coming weeks. And again, if you've never got into NFL, I really suggest that you do yourself a favor, uh, plug yourself in for some thrilling action over the coming weeks, and particularly this wildcard weekend could be a great place to fall in love with the game. Um, the next one up is um, Seahawks hosting the LA Rams. Andy, is this one where maybe familiarity breeds contempt to divisional rivals collide? I think it's the most difficult game of the week to pick, to be honest, in, in many senses. Um, I mean, um, the, the Rams really have, have having appointed Sean McVay and, and been fantastic on offense in recent years. Um, they've had some, some struggles this year on it. Um, there's a, a bit of a question mark over whether their quarterback, Jared Goff, is going to play. They, there haven't, are named people they haven't made a commitment naming-wise yet, have they? <laughs> No, he, he broke his thumb in the game a couple of weeks ago, had, had some surgery, um, has, has been apparently limited in practice in the, in the week. But um, there is even some talk um, around the, the kind of LA media and stuff, I think, about um, that they might prefer to play John Wolford, a, a quarterback who's, who only played his first NFL game in the final week of the, the season. Um, both, um, you know, the, I think the Rams' defence has been, under Brandon Stately, has been, been it's widely considered one of the best schemed defences in the league. Um, Aaron Donald is just, just yeah. phenomenal and takes multiple offensive linemen to, to block him. And, and they have caused this, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks some significant problems. Um, however, there have been, um, well, perhaps the Seahawks started out with their offence on fire this year and the defence really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of um, come much more to a kind of traditional Pete Carroll team, the head coach of the Seahawks, where they've got back to the running game and and their defense has started to to improve and play play much better. So I think it's a really tough one to to pick, and maybe um, maybe it might just get as I said, it's a quarterback driven league, and uh, it might be that Russell Wilson been just a good bit better and, and have been here before, having won a Super Bowl. That might be the the deciding factor in in this game. I think. I think that's a very good shout, Russell Wilson. Again, as you say, early season pace was on pace to be many people's MVP. Slid back a bit, um, but the Seahawks have stepped up in defence. Pete Carroll, again, he's been there and done that, as you said, Super Bowl, and also one defeat in the Super Bowl. So certainly knows a thing or two about playoff football. Got to ask you this much, though. Um, Again, in this surreal period of time that we're living through, there are no uh, real fans in attendance. The um, Seahawks home fans have earned the nickname the 12th man because they have actually caused earthquake levels. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that maybe more so than in all the other fixtures, a bigger disadvantage for the home side in this fixture? It certainly removes the advantage. I think, um, as you said, the uh, the... Um, the Chiefs and the Seahawks for years have had a sort of an ongoing battle from the home fans about the world record for decibel level. So um, if anyone in the game not watched the game before, when, when fans are able to to return, um, it, it's something to, to behold. And I think it, it definitely, remo- um, there's been far more away victories in the, the league this year yeah. and I think um, and I think it's important to stress I guess with American football the, the kind of communication on offence um, is really key and the ability to get checks in and stuff and I think um, I think Aaron Rodgers acknowledged it a few a few weeks ago that, that that's been far it's been far easier for um, away team offences to get the kind of necessary communication in without the fans sort of making noise over it disrupting that. It's nevertheless going to be a fascinating game. The Seahawks are having that 
if you would, home field advantage, devoid of their twelfth uh, man. Um, the Rams, who will be QBing for them? That's still a question mark. But one thing that is not questionable, which is beyond dispute, you've already mentioned him, the phenom, the behemoth that is Aaron Donald. Uh, just in a league of monsters, he's a monster among monsters, isn't he? It Literally, you cannot block him one-on-one. You can barely block him sitting aside two on him. Of course, that frees up the rest of that Rams uh, D-line to do their thing too. Just give us an idea, Andy, of quite how special Aaron Donald is. Oh, he's um, he, he's phenomenal. I think he's won the Defensive Player of the Year the last couple of years. Well, uh, I think last year, but the two years before. And I think there's been very kind of little question on it about it. Um, so sort of interior defensive lineman myself, um, his ability to to kind of push back uh, in in both. Um, often you get defensive linemen that are particularly good either that rush in the passer, yeah, or they they're kind of often interior ones are just good in the run and not a factor. He's a factor in both the games and and any team, as you said, uh, a lot of American football is about how much resource you put into a particular area and and as I said he he requires he guaranteed this week that the uh, Seahawks offensive line will be talking about him and how they can uh, how they can avoid leaving him one-on-one with a with a guard or anything else because he 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 needs at least two if not three often um and and if you're watching the game seeing a man make a tackle with three three linemen hanging off him who are all over 23 stone is, is some some feet and some strength it truly is. And I said this to you before, Andy, for me, I find him just fun to watch. I know a lot of people, um, when they're talking fun in NFL, it's always back to the QB or, you know, maybe some running back or wide receiver, offensive, generally speaking. But just the difference that he makes, the destruction that he causes, I find it fascinating. I find it real fun. Make sure you're checking out Aaron Donald's. Whenever Aaron Donald's in town, there's going to be some real booming play. It's going to be a compelling one. Not much between these two sides and I'm going to veer slightly in favour of the LA Rams I think defensively they have the edge although Seahawks have improved there Um, I think they can get to Russell Wilson and I make them sneaky favourites but again Andy this is a toss of a coin one moving on though to the next one on Saturday the final fixture of wildcard weekend on Saturday and it's uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Washington Football Club who prevailed in the NFC, a hum, least. Um, but my goodness me, Brady knows a thing or two about playoff football, bidding for, of course, a seventh ring. And I read a brilliant stat the other day, Andy, which says that in Tom Brady's career, he has 30 playoff victories, which is staggering. The NF, uh, the Washington, well, franchise, Washington Football Club, as it's called now, in its whole history, dating back to 1933, of course, they were a dynasty, 80s and 90s, only 23 playoff wins. So Brady alone trumps Washington franchise. Tells us all about uh, Brady's successes, doesn't it? Oh, it's it, it's incredible, isn't it? And um, and um, it's obviously brought up an interesting conversation. Him leaving New England this year, that that he's gone to a, a and reignited a franchise that was going through a significant uh, playoff drought himself. And I think um, the the Patriots uh, perhaps saw the the value of uh, or, or didn't perhaps saw what they realised what they were missing when it was gone yeah. when he when he left. Yeah. And but Washington Football Club. I mean, look, I'm making Tampa Bay favourites here. I really am. But they, Washington Football Club, and I made a little jest there about the NFC least, but you've got to give them credit. They did prevail in it, and they have had a decent run of form towards the end of the season. Setting all that aside, just objectively, 
they are the feel-good story of the year, aren't they? Of course, ret- Alex Smith returns at QB, ex-49er, after potentially even life-ending uh, reactions to surgery. And then, of course, Riviera, the coach, head coach, and his uh, battles with cancer, which he's now, I think, won. I mean, what a story. You couldn't write all this. And if there was, uh, you know, a Hollywood script, it would be Washington Football Club from the NFC least with those two great footballing men at the helm finding some way, somehow, to lift it aloft on February the 7th. Yeah, and I think I think Rivera not only having a cancer battle, but actually he's he's for this year taking on not only the role of head coach but GM, general manager, which is off, uh, um, and also um, a lot of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes with the obvious, um, you know, the very um, necessary step to to change the team's name. But also um, there's been quite a lot of um, issues around kind of ownership and and certain yeah. cultures and behaviours that have gone on in that building, not least also the the behaviour of their first round draft pick from two years ago at a quarterback in terms of complying with COVID rules and perhaps not working as, as like the like you would expect a, a top flight um, professional quarterback to to work like. So I think with with all that said, um, to actually it might be not in the strongest conference, but to to make the playoffs is some some achievement. And I think you could. Um, if, if if they were to spring an upset, you can you can begrudge Alex Smith or, or Ron Rivera that one bit. No, absolutely, you could not. But of course, Brady and a very dangerous offense, and also a very strong D for Tampa Bay would certainly start as favourites. Uh, we've mentioned, of course, that we are taking out home field fan advantage. But again, Brady has a whole heap of records. He could if they do go all the way the books, and that remains a big if. But should they work the oracle? and get to the Super Bowl on February the 7th, they would make NFL history. No team has ever played a Super Bowl at their home stadium. Of course, February the 7th, Super Bowl, can't wait for it, is at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, that would be special, a little slice of NFL history. And i tell you something, knowing Brady, I certainly wouldn't be betting against that coming to pass. No, absolutely. And I think, as you said, they start very much favourites this weekend. But um, I think that that team that perhaps has come into form at just the just the right time. Um, they finally, um, I think, you know, um, not having the off-season practice time took has taken Brady a little while to kind of get in sync with his, his other wide receivers. But um, I think these, these are the best set of wide receivers he's had in, in some time. With uh, He's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, the signing of Antonio Brown, albeit a little bit controversial. I think he's really brought something to the offence in, in recent weeks. And, um, and they've kind of got four. Fournette and Ronald Jones at running back so they they have they have a huge amount of um he's got a huge amount of um weapons to, to call on which he didn't have in the last couple of years in New England so I think they they as you said the defense is solid as well so they may be um a team to really watch in the in the coming weeks I certainly make them favorites in this one um but again any given Sunday Washington Football Club credit to them for uh fighting through adversity fighting through a very strange NFC East and getting at least the chance, their dreams remain intact. Um, one man you didn't mention there amongst the litany of weapons uh, the Buccaneers boast is, of course, Gronkowski, another future Hall of Famer man that Brady knows a thing or two about winning bowls with. Watch out for Tampa Bay. But moving it on now to the Sunday fixtures. And you said that the Seahawks-Rams may be the hardest game to call. I think this one is every bit as tough 
uh, with the um, Tennessee Titans earning the right to host the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, MVP from the year before, coming hot at the right time. Tennessee Titans wrestled their way into playoff football uh, and, and home field advantage last weekend, kicking a, a, a field goal at the death, literally. Um, but I've mentioned it to you in the past, Andy. You've got to love Derrick Henry, don't you? 2,000 yards, only eighth man in NFL history to achieve that feat in a season. Is it going to be ride Henry all the way and certainly past the Ravens? Or will the Baltimore Ravens, coming hot at the right time, just have a little bit too much overall for the Titans? I make the Ravens slight favourites in this, but I, I say slight because I think there's some, obviously um, the Titans upset them in the playoffs last year. Um, I think there's some talk around um, in recent times that Lamar Jackson, after winning the MVP last year, has been brilliant during the regular season, but in the last two Januaries has has fallen short at the at the kind of first hurdle. Um, and there are some reasons why, um, why the Titans have beaten the Ravens the last two times that, that the carryover. Um, I think the Titans have struggled with their their kind of pass defense this year, but obviously um, the Ravens primarily are wanting to to run. And um, where Baltimore have struggled a bit this year is in in their pass rush. So um, trying to they obviously traded for Yannick Ngokwe to try and um, solve that, but he's not really been fit. And they've generated a lot of pressure up front by by blitzing a lot. Um, but I think what isn't often acknowledged is Ryan Tannehill. Um, is developed into one of the best quarterbacks in terms of um, standing in there against yeah. that pressure and delivering the passes. And I think um, those those are two ways where I think could could make it really difficult. Saying that, as as you said, I think uh, the Ravens have much looked much more like their offensive of 2019, and and the Titans have struggled of late on on defense. So unless they, I, I think they will try and use Derek Henry to to shorten the game to run the football a lot and keep the keep the clock moving and, and keep Lamar Jackson off the field but I, I, I just give the Ravens the the edge on this but I, I think it is a as you said it's a very very close call as a fan of smash mouth football I would just appreciate Derek Henry and <laughs> it's not as if people don't know about it but it's almost like Mike Tyson used to say you can have a plan but you don't know what you're into until I hit you and he really hits doesn't he Henry he does um for anyone who's not watched American football um the, the the pure size of the the man he's he's much bigger than really any other running back in the the league and you wouldn't think a man of that size could have that speed and and athleticism and and I think he was he was rather overlooked as the league has been a bit um uh, the league sort of moved to wanting running backs to be able to catch the ball out the yeah. backfield and as well as that but I think he's he's a real kind of throwback in terms of uh you know as I said running up the middle of the field but but does it so effectively and and he obviously went over two thousand yards this 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 season as well so um yeah he's he's a phenomenal player i'm going uh titans in this one but i think it's going to be incredibly close i think this is a really tough game to call and i'm really enthused for this fixture um and i think you made some brilliant points about qb Tannehill, who's just uh just sneaks under super elite level but certainly better than that old moniker which i think is a misnomer quote-unquote game manager and i think we spoke earlier about um the relationship between um the uh, QB at uh, Bills and um, Diggs and every bit as kind of in sync is Tannehill to Antonio Brown and they came through in the clutch didn't they at the end last week as a reminder to us all if we needed it. 
Yeah, no, I think um, AG Brown, and I think actually some of their struggles when they lost a few games in in the other weeks was when when Brown was was injured, and and it, it wasn't a note, and it, you know it did leave a noticeable hole in their their offense. But um, I think, as, as I said, I think he's Tannehill is hugely um hugely improved from from Miami, where when he left there, there was a he really went to be initially the the backup at the quarterback at the Titans, and it, as you said, it's really kind of reignited his his career there. Moving things on, though, like I say, I'm, I'm making Titans just favourites in there. I think you're slightly edging Baltimore. I don't know. I don't think there's going to be much between it. All thing I know is that if you haven't checked out NFL, Wildcard Weekend is the place to do just that. You know what? This is how I fell in love with it. I picked the 49ers in the playoffs, and I was kind of drawn to them because of Jerry Rice. It's my surname, and I've followed them ever since. Maybe you could do something similar. Pick one of these teams, follow them. I promise you, you won't regret it. And you could do worse than picking the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Drew Brees uh, back under centre at QB. Uh, he was even more uh, historic, at least statistically, than the aforementioned Tom Brady. Brady, of course, has more bowls, uh, but it's not as if Breeze doesn't know how to lift up the bowl, bidding for a second in maybe the very tail end of a storybook career. Peyton's uh, Saints host the Chicago Bears, and I've got to be frank, I can't really make a case for Chicago overcoming uh, New Orleans other than that old one, any given Sunday syndrome. <laughs> well, I think... Uh... What we haven't mentioned as well, I forgot to mention earlier, is this could be, if, it, if the results don't go their way, Drew, the final time we see Drew Brees or Philip Rivers, who are potential Hall of Fame um, quarterbacks and have definitely been in the top, you know, elite top six, top three quarterbacks most of, in the league for most of a, a really long careers. Um, I think actually the, the 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 only real weakness I see in the Saints is is perhaps Breeze himself at this point that he's, he's as we sort of talked about last time and and coming towards the end. Um, the other issue is that, that they're still not absolutely confirmed, but um, their star running back Alvin Kamara contracted coronavirus, so um, under league protocols, so um, he should be available for Sunday. But uh, uh, presuming he's sort of asymptomatic and returns a negative test, but that's not absolutely. Um, certain and while Latavius Murray their backup running back is a really strong back it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily um it doesn't um he, he he's a pretty ir- he's probably the best running back in the league and, and is is quite irreplaceable um the other issue is is the Saints is whether they could get Michael if they want to go longer is if they could get their star wide receiver Michael Thomas um back fit and, and healthy but um as I said I, I I still would would make them far away favorites for this game um Mitch Trubisky, the Bears quarterback, has improved in in recent weeks, and they've got uh, and and they've certainly improved since Mac Nagy, their head coach, gave yeah. over the play calling to to Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator. Um, has, has seen their what was a, a really struggling offense improve, but um, I, I I think I think Chicago's defense can kind of keep it respectable, but but ultimately I would I would see that as likely the Saints as as heavy favorites here. Absolutely. Uh, Kamara could be a good, uh, a big miss, though, if he does uh, have to sit this one out. It may be the best multi-purpose back in all of football and a real uh, stellar force. However, even if he doesn't play, and I t- hear what you're saying, and I totally have seen it with my own two eyes with regards to the slight decline in the uh, powers of Breeze, 
again, at this highest elite of the elite level in the NFL, Andy, you know better than I do, it sometimes comes down to coaching. And Sean Payton is a genius, isn't he? He schemes and he can work around. And I tell you, I would not like to be playing New Orleans in uh, playoff football. No, absolutely. He's um, he's put together a phenomenal team. And, and I think also Mickey Dunas, their general manager, they had a, a really strong draft class a few years ago that they've really kind of... Um, benefited from and I think as you said um, and they are they are a very well-rounded team they've kind of put all their their resources in for, for going to win it this year so it's not just on offense their their defense is really strong and and I said if it, if it comes down to, to coaching in this matchup I would I would certainly give the, the edge to New Orleans. Good luck to the Bears credit to them again for making it to the playoffs and again the nature of American football is that everything is possible but I would be shocked if it's anything other than New Orleans moving on in the playoffs for next week. Moving on, though, now to the final uh, game in wildcard weekend. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers hosting Cleveland Browns. And this is a bit of a history game. And another uh, team, uh, Lee, uh, well, same conference encounter. It's the Browns' first playoff game since 2003, where they lost 36-33 to to the Steelers. But we've spoken about COVID, haven't we? We've, we've had to. Just how big could it be for the Browns? Their wonderful first-year coach, Stefanowski, is going to miss the game due to having had a positive CB19 test. Their uh, special teams coach, uh, Mike Freifer, is stepping up. But Stefanski's done a brilliant job, hasn't he, with the Browns? That's got to be a huge miss. Uh, I, I, absolutely, I feel sorry for uh, Browns fans. They've had the the kind of they've ended the longest drought in uh, playoff football, and of, of not having a playoff, playing in, you know participating in the playoffs, and uh, and they get this is obviously a, a less than optimal build up to the game. Uh, it's not just uh, Stefanski; they've lost their their left guard, who's a who's a, a pro bowler in Joel Petonio, um, and. And the other big thing, apart from the, all the leadership and the, the change of culture Stefanski scored, he's probably also, what, along with Peyton, you just mentioned, one of the best um, play callers in the NFL. And, and not being there on Sunday means that that responsibility's got to be be passed on as well. So I, I think, um, you know, it, it's certainly not not an ideal build-up. And they have one or two other um, injuries on defences and positive tests as well. So um, it, said, it certainly makes it a lot tougher. Absolutely. But they're there. And uh, I just wonder, that there is something about this team. They lost Odo Beckham, didn't they? The last few years, a lot of criticism over their number one draft pick, QB Baker Mayfield. And it was wonderfully heartwarming, again, as a reminder of what is possible for us all to see him clutch the game ball when they beat the Steelers last week to confirm this very fixture, repeating it this weekend in playoff context. So I agree with you. I'm making Steelers favorites. I really am. However, I just wonder if this is one of those teams that kind of like that adversity, that bear it almost as a badge of pride and could weirdly turn all these deficits and this negative situation into a bizarre positive. Absolutely, and I think it's worth mentioning. And while, while the Steelers rested a lot of um, starters last week, they 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 have um, a bit flattered to deceive in recent weeks. Um, they're not on a particularly good run of form um, themselves. The you know we've obviously um, eulogised about the strength of their defence in previous podcasts, but I think it's fair to say that 
since then the sort of Bud Dupree injury to defensive linemen, they have they have struggled and that front seven hasn't quite quite been the same. And and there's certainly their offense has been um another quarter, fantastic quarterback, but starting to show, maybe show some signs of age is uh, is Ben Roethlisberger and um and as as I said, some of their offensive it's sort of at times come to light, but there have been periods where weeks where it's really struggled, and and yeah, as, as you mentioned, what you can't deny the Browns have is 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 character, and they still have some very good players, Jarvis Landry, um, they've I think before Batonio lost, they had a really kind of solid offensive line, and and I think what they will will try and do is really lean on their their running game, which is fantastic and and really strong back in Nick Chubb, and I think that that will. That, I, I would imagine that will be the game plan. Absolutely. Now, what I like about that, Andy, is because, I, you know, I'm, I'm in awe of the modern NFL and the athleticism and some of the gunsling and some of the high-scoring games and, uh, you know, just some of the frills and spills that this season's provided and it's been the general trend. But at heart... I'm an old school football fan. You know, I'm a smash mouth fan. Uh, you know, obviously nine is slightly different with a bit of a West coast offense, which I do enjoy, but I'm pleased to see some kind of real smash mouth teams make it the playoffs. And in a copycat league, I'm just wondering if this is a trend that we may see coming back over coming seasons. Well, I think it goes in cycles, doesn't it? So um, when it, it became very, it's obviously very much become a passing league, but therefore, for, for, for instance, positions like linebacker, which is there partly obviously for those who, who don't watch football to stop the run and to stop the pass to an extent, it's led to kind of smaller, more athletic guys being put there. And then teams obviously have seen an opportunity to exploit that. So they look for a bigger back that can run downhill. So these, these linebackers well, this might be great in pass coverage, but then suddenly if you've got somebody like Derek Henry, who we described, yeah. it's going to take more than one of them to, to tackle. So I think, I think it's a case of it, it goes and resolves. So then they might draft slightly bigger linebackers to play there. And again, it will go back to a, a kind of passing league where, where teams look to, to, to exploit that. Um, I still think it's very much a, um, a, a pass first league, but um, I think that, also, unless you've got that one of those really elite quarterbacks, the best way um, the best way to set up um, the passing game is kind of play action. So looking like you're going to run, and then and then passing over the the top. So um, I think I think whatever you say, the running game is still very much part of of football. Absolutely, and I really appreciate your insights there into the evolution of the game. But one thing that is constant is that you're in for a lot of fun throughout the playoffs, and we're going to be excited to unpack it right up to the Super Bowl on February the 7th with the chairman of the Hertfordshire Cheaters, Andy Dickens. Andy, always like to conclude with giving you a chance to remind us all about the best ways that we can engage with the Cheaters via social media. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, we obviously not able to train at the moment with with all that's obviously going on in the world for very, you know, um, good and understandable reasons. But um, if you if you're interested in, in joining us or getting involved or just want to learn more about us, um, you can uh, find us on Facebook at Hearts Cheaters, Hertfordshire Cheaters AFC. So that's Hertfordshire Cheaters AFC on Facebook, um, and on Twitter and Instagram we can be found at, at Hearts Cheaters. Um, do check. We also do- have. No, I was just going to say, do check the Cheaters out. They do great things for this wonderful sport throughout uh, Hertfordshire. And indeed, they are ambassadors for the game here in the UK. And you will not regret learning more. Uh, It could be something that's uh, for your future. Andy, remind us once again of the best ways via social media for us to learn more about the wonderful Hearts Cheaters. 
Yeah, so um, on Facebook, it's Hertfordshire Cheaters AFC. And on Twitter and Instagram, we can be found at, at Hearts Cheaters. Perfect. Andy, kick back, relax. No pressure on you and I. Just a lot of great football to enjoy throughout the playoffs. I look forward to discussing the results of wildcard weekend and building beyond with you throughout the playoff run. But for tonight, keep well, keep safe. Extend our best wishes to you and the Cheetahs family and uh, look forward to picking things up with you very soon. Thanks, Tony. Same to you.